0: We let James Brown once again set the tone for this, for the theme of uh, this, this uh, series. The reason why I have him playing it right, like during this time, is because I want to instill in us, uh, as Ryan was even encouraging us, an atmosphere of praise, an atmosphere of worship. I, you know, James Brown in that song, I love what this, the lyrics said. It, it's get up off that thing and dance till you feel better. Get up off that thing. Dance till you feel right. There are going to be some times in your life that nothing is going to shake you from whatever mood you are in, whatever trial you're going through, uh, whatever outlook you may have. Sometimes the only thing that's going to work is if you get up and start praising the Lord. And sometimes praising the Lord means moving out of your comfort zone and moving this body that he has for you. You know, the Bible talks about clap your hands all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You know, that's some noisy stuff going on. Say, so, well, I thought we were supposed to be quiet when we come to church. I thought we were supposed to be. There's a time to be quiet and silent in his presence. And then there's a, time, there's a time to cut a rug in his presence. You know what I mean? There's a time to celebrate. If anyone has a reason to celebrate, it's the people of God. You know, we get all excited when somebody scores a touchdown. What's the first thing we do? Woo, Touchdown you know? And at the same time, that touchdown's done nothing for our soul or for our eternal security or anything. And yet someone comes to church and gets excited about what the Lord's doing in their life. The first thing they want to do is that. And everyone goes, oh my gosh, they put the antennas up. Did you see that? that That's all, man, (laughs) you know, you know, we go to a concert and the, our favorite artist comes out on stage. We're woo, you know, somebody lets out an amen or a hallelujah or just a just so shout unto God with a voice just a hey, oh, good Lord, we got one of those crazy people in the church today. <laughs> no, no, no. Worship is supposed to be vibrant. Worship is supposed to be lively. He gave you life, so live it. Put some life into your worship. So don't be afraid. Clap your hands. Raise your hands. Do whatever. You know, or, or if you need to stand in awe, just stand in awe. But whatever you do, let's worship Him. Get up off your thing and dance and worship till you feel better. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Paul and Silas did it. They were thrown in jail, shackled. And at the midnight hour, the Bible said they began to praise God. At the darkest time of the night, they began to praise God. And not only did their chains fall off of them, all the other prisoners, their chains fell off. And that, the, so, so did you realize that your worship could actually impact and affect your neighbor. And that our worship corporately could impact and affect this whole community and greater community. Matter of fact, there was such a revival that the jailer, he came in freaked out. Thought there was a jailbreak. And they said, no, 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 we're all still here. We hadn't gone anywhere. And by morning time, him and his whole family was baptized. They were all believers. And it all started because two men decided to worship in the darkest part of the night. You may be through the darkest time of your life right now. But I guarantee you, if you'll start worshiping him... Get up off your thing and worship them until you feel better. Not only will you be set free, but all the people around you will be set free. Look at that. That's the sermon. That was free. That was a free sermon. I ain't going to charge you for that one at all. So, <laughs> all right, we're going to get into uh, the lesson today. Where did I put I had the clicker somewhere. Oh, here it is. Uh, I got some shifting going on, guys. Y'all be careful if y'all see me going down. You yeah, know, just just pray for me. Uh the the uh, uh, first of all, it is good to see Mike Cox here in service with us. Yeah. The al- Amen. Yeah. The alarm went out yesterday, and he just he just stopped me. Uh, the Lord is 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 he is growing. Uh, uh, he is he is reaching for the Lord. I love I love his enthusiasm and his and the wonder that he sees in God. And and we want to thank Julie for putting out the alarm. Uh, Mike Mike is battling a kidney stone. And those of you who have experienced that yourself will know how not fun that is. Hadn't slept in nights. Julie put out the word. So many of us were praying last night. And and he said that the power of all those prayers, that last night was the first night in nights, that he actually got a decent night's sleep. And uh, so we were believing that the Lord was just going to shrink that thing and he can pass it as painless as possible and uh, get back into doing what God's got him doing. Amen. It is, it is good. Yeah, there you go. He's getting up off that thing. It is good to see David Croft in service with us today. Most of, most of us weren't aware of this, but this, this week they found David and Gina, wave your hands. If y'all have not met David and Gina yet, y'all make sure to make a point to go back there and talk to them. Go eat with them and listen to their story of how God brought them together. It needs to be a movie. It's like pretty, pretty funny. Uh, uh, David, uh, they found a blockage near his heart. And thank God to, for medical uh, science. They went in through your wrist, uh, just a little prick through his wrist, and went all the way up and put a stint in, just, how, how long ago? Friday. Friday, just Friday, two days ago. Uh, re- like, just, and, and opened up that blockage, and that evening, he was like watching Liverpool like compete. So, oh, yesterday, yeah, he was chilling out, watching, watching Liverpool, and now he's in service for us the Lord with us. And uh, so thank God for technology, but thank God for the Lord keeping his hand on them. And you guys will be heading to Germany, Germany. yes, uh, they, they will be going uh, on a mission trip later in March, and so we'll be bringing them down and praying over them, and, and uh, so praise God that the, uh, the, the doctors were able to take care of this before they head out to do the work of the Lord overseas. Uh, for a few weeks before the Lord brings him back. So, All right, let's get into our message today. We've got part three on the Gather, Grow, Go series. We've talked about gathering. It's our basic church philosophy. If someone says, well, what, how do you do church? What is it that you guys do church? We don't get very fancy around here. It's very simple. Uh, first of all, we have a mission that the Lord's given us, and it's to know him. We want to know him like we've never known him before. And then we want to make him known. We want to know him and make him known. We want to let everyone know who he is to the best of our ability and reflect him to the best of our ability. It's nothing fancy. It's simple. We want to know him and make him known. And then the methodology that we want to do to to go about doing that is we want to gather, grow, and go. Gather, grow, go. We want to gather together. You remember? We want to meet top of the week. We're going to meet on the one. We're going to hit on the one. Just like James Brown said, Bootsy, give me the one. So so we're we're going to meet on the one so that we can hear his heartbeat, we can hear his pulse, and we can go out, share the gospel all, all, all throughout our lives, meet back together some during the week if the Lord permits, Bible studies, fellowships, open up our, heart, our, our homes uh, to, to fellowship. But we want to gather together to connect. You remember the geese? Uh, they're 70, 70% more efficient in flying if they fly in formation, if they gather together. They can go 70% farther with less energy. Uh, then we want to grow. Last week we talked about growing. We don't, you know, we're, Although I believe with everything in me, the Lord will add to our numbers as he sees fit. and It will be a natural, uh, a natural outpouring of us growing in him. But we want to use all of our spiritual senses that we talked about last week. If you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast so you can hear our basic philosophy of how we want to do church. Uh, this week we're going to talk about go. We want to go. Everyone say go. All right, before we get into that, I do want to remind you, as Kate was saying, uh, next week is the ordination service. We're really, really excited about that. Glenn Davis, who will be bringing the word, is my lifelong pastor and and, mentor in the Lord. He started training me when I was 12 years old for ministry. If I've, in any way, been a blessing to anyone in this house, you can go thank that man because he's the one that modeled it for me since the time I was eight years old. And, And there's no finer pastor and shepherd of people. And Glenn Davis, and you're not going to find anyone who loves people the way that this man loves people. So he's going to be conducting the ordination word, as well as we've got Tilly uh, coming up, and we're so honored that she would come and be a part of of it, and, and uh, she confirmed that over the weekend, so she's excited about it. You don't want to miss, that's that's some two two powerhouses that are going to come in to help ordain the ministry year of the church, so that's, uh, the Lord's got something up his sleeve, I think, so. Uh, let's, let's make sure that we be here. So, all right, go. Everyone say go again. Go. Man, y'all sounded so harsh about it. Just go. You're sending me away. No. Go. We want to go. So, it's a very simple philosophy. We don't want to just gather together just so that we can grow up and pat our, ourselves on the back and say, look how wonderful spiritual we are and didn't we have a good time. But we want to go and take everything that we've, that we've learned here, everything that we experience here. We want to take it out there. And it's a really, really simple philosophy. Those of you who were here about this time last year will remember this verse. If you weren't, it's a really fun verse. It's a bit quirky sounding. But uh, they read, they were restoring Jerusalem, and they found the scrolls. There was a whole generation that had not heard the word of God. And all of a sudden, they found the scrolls, and they began to read the word of God. And they said, uh, and all the all this whole generation that had never heard it began to weep. They had never heard the law before, and they began to weep. And the prophet got him and said, "No, no, 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 no." He said, "Don't. This is not a day of sorrow. Don't cry. We're celebrating today." And he goes on to say this. Then he said to them, Nehemiah eight and ten. Then he said to them, "Go your way, eat the fat. Everyone say, eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared." For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, we've all heard that verse, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But we we weren't aware that there's this little quirky part ahead of it. He said, go eat the fat, drink the sweet, and then take portions to those who had nothing prepared for them. Now the joy of the Lord can be your strength. You remember, in January, we talked about the presence of God. We said, in his presence is fullness of joy. Say, Dave, I've been seeking his presence with everything, in me, and I've still not experienced his joy. Well, this is one way you can do it. If you want to experience the joy of the Lord and allow that joy to become your strength, you want to eat the fat, right? Everyone say it. You want to. Why do you want to eat the fat? Do you realize fat is brain food? Don't be trimming that fat off that steak. Fat is, fat is brain food. You got to just make sure you ain't overcarbon yourself. You start carbon yourself then yeah, you're going to be in trouble with all that balancing stuff. But your brain needs fat. Your brain needs all this stuff, right? So we want to we want to come in here and allow the Lord to affect our mind. We want to eat the richness of his word. We want to drink the sweet. Drink the sweet. Anyone in here this is Texas. Anyone in here like sweet tea? Sweet tea. Man, I had a family member that could you could pour Ju- i tell you what, it was, it's Julie's mom. Julie's mom makes sweet tea. You can pour it over pancakes. It's like that sweet, <laughs> right? It is sweet tea. And my, my daughters, nobody makes tea like Nana, if you ask my, my daughter. So they're, they're grandmother. Uh, so you got to eat eat the fat, drink the sweet. And, and we, we want to come in here and experience the sweetness of our fellow. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. I, I promised someone, if I ever read the scripture, because she, she was upset the last time I didn't use her as the example. So uh, I want to invite Mindy Smart. If you'll come up. Yes, Mindy, come on up. She, like a year ago, she promised, or I promised her. Now look, look here, look here. I've got, now there's some, I got you a water burger. I got you a good water burger with cheese, Double patty. Uh, possibly. Uh, I got fries, so you got some good fats there, right? Okay. And I got this ketchup because you know water burger. I don't know what they do to anoint that ketchup. It is like, and I got you. This is Texas, so I got you a good juicy Dr Pepper. Okay, so if you want to go have a seat right over there, arrange those seats if you want. Now take your time. You gotta you gotta make this last the whole sermon, okay? Oh yeah, Ryan ate it last time. So, last time I told Ryan, I said, "Don't eat breakfast. You're gonna have water burger." Yeah, he still ate breakfast. He forgot about it, and I still made him. I was like, "You better get out there. I bought that water burger. You better help me on my sermon." So, Mindy is gonna eat the sweet, or I mean, I'm sorry, eat the fat. Everyone say, "Eat the fat," fat. because we want to come in here and we want to get nourished by the good richness of the Word, the good depth of His presence, right? And why? Because it, it affects our mind. Fat is brain food. <laughs> then we want to drink the sweet. You know, the Lord, the Lord did make, give us taste buds. He did create sweet things. I'm not talking about refined sugars. I'm talking about, I'm talking about fruits and nectars and all the wonderful sweet things that He put on this earth. Why? Because He wanted us to enjoy some things. He, he didn't want it all to be about Protein and fats and veggies. He wanted there to be some sweetness. So, you got to, is that a good ju- juicy Dr. Pepper for you? That's right. <laughs> you can tell she's Texan, Dr. Pepper. So, so we're going to eat the fat, drink the sweet. But, but however, you, you can't really experience the fullness of joy in that burger. Take a bite. Is that pretty good? Am I doing it right? yeah. That's good. <laughs> All right. So, eat the fat, drink the sweet. But there's one other key to this. What is it? Send portions to those whom nothing is prepared for. Is there any, any more in there that you can give to somebody? Invite them down to sit with you. No, no? you're going to keep it all for yourself. <laughs> all right, look around. There. Is anyone in the mood for Water? You know you're in the mood for waterburger. Some of you are going to be dying for waterburger here in a few minutes. So Oh, Erica, come on down. You get to, you get to partake of the fat and the sweet. <laughs> you you didn't know that you were, like, getting your own lunch, did you? Erica was the one who actually went out and got it all for me. So. Oh, yes, hang on. Not only that, we've got the bonus. We've got a juicy Dr. Pepper for you as well. So there you go. Welcome to Texas. So... Are y'all all right? Is that bothering anyone else? I'll try not to step on anyone. <laughs> so now you can enjoy, the, you can enjoy uh, the joy of the Lord can now be their strength. Why? Because they ate the fat, they drank the sweet, and now they've shared some portions. That's what we want to do. That's what this is all about. It's not just so that we can come together and look good and sound good, smile good, hear a good inspirational word, and just get lifted up and say, "Woo." Boy, that was great. I'm glad I went. No, it's everything that we gather together for in here, every ounce that we've grown into in here, we want to go back out there and share it with people. And while we do try to share it corporately, we do things like we, we gather together at the market every time there's an artisan market. Uh, we do try to gather together uh, and, and pray with people, meet people, let people uh, help people be aware that we are having church here on Sunday mornings. There's a lot of folks in the neighborhood and the surrounding area that aren't even aware that we're here. Uh, and, and we're working hard to do that. So we, we get out and, and meet people in the market. Uh, we're in the process of investigating to do a mass mailer uh, for, for this area code, just to just to let people know. We, we Every other month, we do a cookie drop uh, where we greet New people that have moved into the neighborhood, and we take them cookies, and we offer prayer, and there's information about the church. It's a lot of fun. If you would like to do it, see April Howell. We got one coming back up in uh, the first part of April, uh, so you don't want to miss that. So we do all these things. We've discussed possibly doing praise in the park, where we get out uh, in, in some of the parks that we have here in Veridian, and just set up, let the praise band perform and worship, and folks bring a brown bag lunch and invite the whole neighborhood, whoever wants to. Good family setting. Those are all good things. And those are all great ways to outreach. But really, this whole go method goes beyond us corporately trying to reach out. Kate actually read it today at the top of service. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus talks about, gives us, gives us a great commission, a great command. And, and he says this, "'Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations.'" baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. So he goes, out and, he, and that, that command is for all of us, to go out into all the nations. Now, some people can actually go out, physically go to other nations. For some of you, the next nation may be the, the next house over for you, or, or your the person in the next cubicle, <laughs> you know, uh, or, or the, the person at the, that's checking out your groceries at, at Tom Thumb or ringing up your items at Walmart or wherever you may be, that may be the next nation. But it says, go out and make disciples of all nations. Before we go on, is, that, that, is the fat good? Still good? good? Is, is, the, is the sweet tasting good? Pretty decent? So <laughs> they have Dr. Pepper up in Indiana. Oh, well, good. Look at that. Texas is spread up north a little bit, so that's good stuff. <laughs> so, isn't it a whole lot better to have someone to eat it with than just sitting over there all by yourself? I don't know if you'd happy with me, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 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 Jesus said this He didn't say, go out into all the world, hold a big crusade. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not dissing crusades. Don't get me wrong, but just, just hear me out on this. He didn't say, hold a big crusade. Ask how many people want to receive Christ, then get a show of hands, and then count those hands and say, woo, we had 400 people receive Christ tonight. Praise God, 400 souls in the kingdom of God, birthed into the kingdom of God at our crusade. Aren't we doing a great job for the Lord? I'm not belittling that, but notice what Jesus says. Go into all the nations and Make disciples. Make disciples. A disciple doesn't just happen by going to a service and having someone pray a prayer and make a commitment. Discipleship happens when there's relationship. Now, there's a whole depth of, when, when Jesus used the word disciples, it meant something totally different than what it means to us. We usually say, look at that, it means get people to start coming to church with you. Well, okay, that's part of it. But there's, there's, a, there's a whole process. Maybe the Lord will let us get into that at some point down the road and, and talk about uh, what, what the rabbis did to, to make disciples. But, but what, one thing that we can focus on is to, to make a disciple means that there needs to be an ongoing relationship. In other words, we've got to connect with people. It's not just enough to invite people to come here. It's, we need to invite people to come here on Sunday morning. We want as many people to come here as possible. But it's really the power is in what we do during the week with connecting with people. And staying on top of things, and friendships, building friendships. Say, well, I don't have, I don't have the 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 capacity to disciple the 300 people that raised their hands at the Crusades. No, that's why we got to have everyone's help, because we're all busy, aren't we? We all got to work. We all got to make a living. We all got to maintain marriages. We all got to maintain families. That means that sometimes you may only have enough time to disciple one or two people, to mentor a handful of folk. Even Jesus had 12 people that he could closely, closely disciple. You know? That, but the, the, that's the power of it. If you can disciple, if you can walk and mentor and love on and help teach one, two, three folk, man, they'll be stable the rest of their life. They'll, 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 they'll have roots that, that dig down into the soil of their faith. And I love this. He said, make disciples of all people and baptize them. Baptize them. He didn't say, bring them to church. Get them to start coming to church. That way, when the preacher calls for a baptismal Sunday, the preacher can baptize them for you. He said, no, you baptize them. Go make disciples. Connect with people. Walk with them. Share my gospel. Love them when they're down. Praise them when they're up. Be there for them. Disciple them. And then baptize them. So let, let it be known this. Number one, we never have to wait for a baptismal Sunday here for someone to get baptized. If you want to get baptized, let us know. If it's warm enough, we got a big giant baptistry right back behind us. And some of y'all have been baptized in that in lake. And if it's cold, no worries. I got one phone call I got to make. And Randy and Debbie Hennard have already said, anytime you need our, our heated Hot tub, man, we'll get it going. They got fancy lights and smoke and incense and everything, bubbles, all that stuff. Man, we can, we can really trick it up if you want. But, <laughs> but as a matter of fact, last, last year we baptized six people in their hot tub. And, and so no matter what, it, I don't care what day it is, you want to be baptized, say the word. Uh, if, if I have not brought a change of clothes, matter of fact, I may just start bringing a change of clothes and leaving it in my car. And if I forget it, guess what? Clothes wash, it's no big deal, you know? So baptism is open any day of the week. Is that bugging you? (laughs) Baptism is open any day of the week. And not only that, if you've walked with someone and loved on them and discipled them, and you come up and let me know, say, hey, my friend over here, he's wanting to be baptized. You know what I'm going to ask you? You want to do the honors? Because the preacher doesn't have to be the one to baptize. Anytime a teenager wants to get baptized, guess who I turn to? Ryan. Why? Because he's the one that's poured into them and mentored them. You know? He's the one that birthed them into the, into the kingdom. He's, he's the one that's loved on them and cried with them. So, yeah, Ryan, do the honors. You know? Uh, you don't have to be a pulpit preacher to baptize someone. Wouldn't that be absolutely Amazing. If we had baptismal Sundays, we had 10 people get baptized and 10 different one of you guys got to take your friend down there and be the one to baptize them because you're the one that walked with them. You're the one that prayed with them. You're the one that cried with them. You're the one that was up with them in the middle of the night when they didn't know what to do. You're the one that, that, that helped stable them in the kingdom because you went to your next nation over and made a disciple and you get to baptize. Everyone all right with that policy? That would be awesome. I'd be thrilled to death to see a whole handful of you guys get to baptize some of your friends. That'd be awesome. All right, let's move on. Peter says, if you're saying, look, I don't know if I can do that because I'm not a theologian. I don't understand hominetics, harmonetics, humanetics, and all those other fancy ways of studying the Bible or whatever. No, this is all you got to do. First Peter 3.15 says this, but give reverent honor in your hearts to the anointed one and treat him as the holy master of your lives. And if anyone asks about the hope living within you, anyone have any hope living within you today? Hopefully the whole room. Always be ready to explain your faith. That's simple. Always be ready to explain your faith. In other words, what, what has God done for you? What is your personal experience and encounter with God? Just share your story. Say, well, what if they don't believe me or what if they, what if they don't sign up? You know, what if they don't buy into it that's not that's not your purpose God did not call you to be a salesman for the company God merely called you to be a witness you don't even have to be a judge you don't even have to get offended at people woo isn't that a relief so well you know I go to church now aren't I supposed to be getting offended at all this business over here you know no just be a witness All a witness does is take the stand and say, this is what I encountered. This is what I saw. This is what I witnessed. According to Peter, that's all you got to do. Just be ready to be a witness. Be Be ready to share what Christ has done for you and how it's changed your life. This is who I was before I met Christ. This is who I am now that I've met him. And this is what he's doing in my life. And I would love to introduce him to you. That's the simple gospel, the simple message. We've tricked it up. We've made it about how many people have you witnessed to? How many souls have you won? How many of this? No, that's the Holy Spirit's business. You don't have the power or the convincing knowledge to change anyone's life. Matter of fact, you can't even change your life. It's it's a full-time job for the Holy Spirit to try to change any of us. It's an ongoing process. But all you have to do is be a witness and then trust that the Holy Spirit's going to do his job. Amen? Amen? Woo, that's pretty easy. Doesn't seem so hard to go now. And you'll be surprised people start responding to you. If you just start sharing who you are in God, people will start responding to you. Do you realize I have church up at the QT all the time, just north of us? I'll go up there to gas up, go in there to get me, get me a fountain drink because that's my happy place, Right? And and those people know me enough now that they'll stop me and ask me, hey, can you remember to pray for the, or hey, my mom's dealing with this, can you pray? Or hey, I'm going through this, can you pray? I'll pray with them right there. And we don't make a big show of it or anything. Well, how did that happen? Just because I was in there and I was being myself, and I was trying to give account as to who Christ has been in me. I'd let them know, hey, y'all have a blessed day. Or hey, man, everything going all right? You need anything? All of a sudden, they start responding after a while. And they don't feel threatened. They don't feel like I'm shoving it down their throat. What am I doing? I'm just trying to go. Everything that we do in here, I'm just trying to take out there. I've gathered with you. I've grown with you. Now I got to go. I got to share it. Amen. Say, I don't know. I just don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I got the experience. I don't know if I got the personality. What am I going to do? What if they laugh at me? What if they mess up? What, oh man, what's going to do? I feel anxiety. Don't feel anxiety because why? Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this. But I promise you this. Now, this is a promise. I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. Whatever God has called you to do, whoever God has called you to reach, if he's displaced you in the marketplace, if he's placed you at home, if he's placed you in school, if he's placed you in a foreign land, no matter where it is, The Holy Spirit, it's a promise. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you all the words you need to say, give you all the love you need to pour out, give you all the the clarity of mind that you need to actually get the job done and to be the messenger you're supposed to be. Isn't that awesome? God's already done all the heavy lifting. All we simply have to do is just show up. I like those kind of jobs. What do you need me to do? Just show up. Ooh, I can do that. Be available. Woo, I can do that. David, what, did, what, what ministry did you, I love it. You said that you were called to the ministry of showing up. Showing up. I love that. When I asked him, we were, we were sitting there at Starbucks. I said, what do, you, what do you feel that your ministry is or your gifts is or whatever? He goes, I, I feel called to the ministry of showing up. He shows up and whatever God wants him to do, that's what he's going to do. I love it. I love it. Why? Because whatever he needs to do, the Holy Spirit will come upon him. He started showing up, and that before you know it, God had him all the way over in Germany and what other places? Austria. Austria and all these places. He said, What in the world am I doing here? And all of a sudden, God starts using him. He said, I thought I was just hanging out in London, cheering for Liverpool. And now God's got me traveling all over the place. Why? Because he just showed up. But he was willing to go, he was willing to be used. That's our philosophy. Gather, grow, and go. Let's get out. And when we get out, I want to say this. This will probably like get me kicked out eventually. When you go, don't worry about promoting gathering church. <sighs> what? What? Go promote Jesus. That's really what we're supposed to be about. I praise God for our gathering. I praise God for our fellowship. But there's going to be some people that you pour into and you've just planted a seed. And someone else is going to come in water. And someone else is going to come and reap the harvest. You may plant a seed, change someone's life, and God's intention is for them to be a part of another fellowship because that's where they need to be. We may wind up reaping the fruit. Matter of fact, the majority of us weren't planted here. The majority of us were planted and grown elsewhere. And the Lord moved us here to be part of this fellowship. So that's why I say, don't. Now, if someone wants to know where you go to church, absolutely invite them, let them know. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't let that be your main intention. When you go, your main intention is just to share Jesus, share the love of Jesus. That's all we want to do is promote him and reflect him. We don't want to lift up the name of gathering church, we want to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen.